For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday, May the 5th. That's right, Cinco de Mayo. And it is also on a Taco Tuesday this year. So everybody's got to be happy about that. Of course, Michael already jumping in on the Twitch. Like, we just fired this bad boy up. He said, what's up, fellas? If you are watching on Twitch, Facebook, Periscope, uh, YouTube, whatever the other places are, uh, make sure that you jump in the chat. It's right there on the bottom left of your screen. Anything that you type in will pop up right there. It does not matter what the platform is. This is Winning Cures Everything. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. I was testing you there, making sure you're ready. I mean, <laughs> I don't know that I'm ready, but, but I'm but here. But you're here. <laughs> that's, I'm ready. That's, uh, that's half the battle, my friend. Half the battle. <laughs> All right, we got, uh, we got three topics that we are going to jump in on today. Uh, obviously, all of you that have been tuning in for the uh, draft recaps, we are knocking out the AFC South today. So that's uh, that's the AFC bunch that are closest to us in the Memphis area. That's the Tennessee Titans, the Houston Texans, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. But before we do that, we're going to talk about college football, and then we're going to discuss the last dance. We did not get a chance to recap yesterday, uh, but we are pretty fired up about it. Um, before we start it off, though, you can find us over at winningcureseverything.com. Make sure that you subscribe on whatever your favorite app is, platform, whatever. YouTube, Periscope, Facebook, Twitch for the video. Or your favorite podcast app, Google, Spotify, Apple Podcast, whatever it is. Make sure that you are subscribed. Leave a nice comment, a nice review. Share the show out with your friends. We would definitely, definitely appreciate that. Michael already in on Twitch. He said, listen to yesterday's show. Awesome back and forth between y'all in regards to the Juju situation. Uh, why would Pittsburgh let him have a monster year then raise the price? Plus, he'll be pissed about the comments you've made. Uh, talking about Pittsburgh. They should know what you got in him by now, regardless of the quarterback. Yes. Uh, I, I think 
on the surface, Chris and I both agree on this, that it was dumb to even discuss it. Uh, if you are the Steelers, you don't discuss it. It's stupid. Um, but, I mean, you know that he's a monster player, so yeah, you, you go ahead and sign him up. Like, if you've got him right now, you can get him on a pretty reasonable contract with your hometown deal, all that kind of mess, and get him locked up for the the future. Because obviously he didn't have a great year last year. That should mean that you get some kind of a discount. But, you know, I mean, who who knows what they're doing in their organization right now? I don't know. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith in them. So we uh we will see. Let's go ahead and jump into our first topic of the day. There was an article at the Athletic. Andy Staples and Stuart Mandel worked on it along with Nicole Auerbach. She handled some of the interviews, all that kind of stuff. They talked to athletic directors throughout. College football, remember, there's 130 teams in Division One college football. There are 10 different conferences. There are a bunch of independent athletic directors, etc. And a lot of these league commissioners discussed the possibility, uh, one, that a lot of them are not going to be ready to play in the fall. Like at the, the Pac-12, Larry Scott is very prevalent in this article, and he discusses the fact that four of his six states are still completely locked down right now. Now, obviously, in Mississippi, Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, etc., uh, they are, bless you, Chris, got you there. <laughs> but uh, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, you know, etc., all in the southeast are, are open for business. Now, there are a few restrictions in place, obviously, uh, but everybody's starting to go about things as normal somewhat, Right. The plan, I mean, uh, Arkansas AD Hunter Yurichich came out yesterday and said, look, we are going to be playing football in September, period. Now, he is not really the person that gets to make that call. Obviously, you need opponents if you're going to be playing. But he's saying that his program is going to be ready to go. I, obviously, you can make all the jokes about, you know, the CFP doesn't really need the Pac-12 anyway. Like, what have they ever done in in the playoff? You can make those jokes, right? But there are some teams in conferences that are not going to be able to play. Take the American, for example. You've got teams all the way from Pennsylvania to Texas. Uh, the teams in Pennsylvania may not be able to, to play come September. One of the main themes of this article is that there are going to be some teams that will only get to play, you know, four or five games this season. Uh, how are you going to go about doing bowl games? How are you going to go about deciding on a playoff participant that is going to be insane to try and figure out and I think it may be Chris you can tell me if I'm wrong I think it may make this sport even more entertaining and even more crazy because it's already absurd as it is there's no way to judge the strength of different schedules etc with 130 different teams that don't play anywhere near the same schedule so you don't really know how good anybody is Imagine trying to do that with a team that's played 12 games against a team that's played four games or five games and trying to tell who is better. Like, tell, tell me your thoughts on this. Yeah, no, you're just not going to be able to do that. The first thing first, the schools that, the states that are locked down and the governors have locked them down for perpetuity, those can all be changed. Those governors can wake up tomorrow and say, uh, my bad. My bad. We're okay. We think things are better, and we're going to open up. We've seen everybody else open up, and they haven't any problems. I think it's okay. 
So, so that doesn't just because they say that they've been locked down because I, I feel like a lot of the governors started out doing a lot of good things. And then it became a dick measuring contest where I love my people more than you love your people. And so I'm going to do, you know, make it extreme. I I don't, I don't think those things are real. If they see everybody else is functioning normally and this thing has kind of for the big picture been beaten, then they're going to open up as well. They have to, they have no choice. They'll get, they're elected officials. They'll get voted out. They'll lose their job um, if, if they don't. And uh, and so I think I think those things will happen. So I don't think that's a concern. If all of these states that have opened up open up, and we fall right back into it, and we just made it way worse than it already was, then those states are going to know, and everything's set back again, and we got to play some different hypothetical game. Yeah, um, all of this is hypothetical, by the way. You that's right. We because we don't because we don't know. No, going no. forward with that. I don't think we're going to have certain teams play four games and certain teams play 12. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think we could, you know, maybe have a team get 10 games in and a team get 12. And that I could see that. Um, I could see a team get eight games in and another team get, get 10, you know, something of of that nature. I could see, we're not going to have the difference between four and 12. One of the the other things that's brought up by the way, is the idea that, it, the reason I say four is because you could reasonably start out, say say you've got to miss the first two weeks of the season because of whatever lockdown, you know, and you you got to get your team ready, right? So you've had to reschedule all these games. Well, then you come back, you play a couple of games, and then somebody on your team ends up with the virus, test okay. positive for it, and then you have to quarantine, and then you got to cancel two games, and then you got to come. All so, right. Oh, yeah, that that, kind makes, of thing. Okay, that that makes sense. That that's the only way you would get. That's right. Okay. Right. Now that is the situation in where you would get four games in if somebody catches it and they say, "All right, we're quarantining the whole team. Y'all can't play anymore um, for two weeks." It, this season is just always going to have an asterisk by it. It's going to yeah. be interesting. It's going to be weird. I don't know that it's going to be crazier, like chaos wise. It's going to be different than seasons beforehand. But I don't know that, that makes it better. Like I don't find chaos for chaos sake to be entertaining i also don't find chaos for chaos sake just to be interesting either i Um, I think in certain situations it is because the fact that they are even going to try and have a season under these circumstances it, it shows you exactly how important and how financially big the sport of college football really is i mean it drives everything with these universities at least with their athletic programs uh, let me let me get to some of these YouTube comments right quick. Matt jumped in. He said, how many teams are going to claim a national championship this year? Yeah, that, that's going to be a lot, oh, I would a lot, imagine. A whole lot. <laughs> um, he said, Boise State, UCF, Utah, Tennessee will all claim a title based off of five games. Uh, well, you then, left the biggest one out. Alabama's going to claim a national title no oh, matter how who they play or how, what happens. 100%. 100%. This is happening. They, uh, they've claimed more than anybody else. So, you know, they what does they it have claimed more than anybody else in seasons where – they, without question, are not close, and the Alabama Tribune named them national titles. That was so back in of, the 40s, man. Come on, give me, give me a break. Gary's got a, a T-shirt that claims it. <laughs> Jim John on YouTube said, I like Temple, but I'm not willing to lose a season because of them. I think a lot of people feel that way, and I think that's what the SEC is doing right now. The SEC looks and says, all of our states are open. Our numbers are down. Yeah. We can go on and play. So if we have to, we will play in conference, if we have to. 
it's one of the greatest things about our country is that we don't all have to live the exact same life, okay? I assure you, people in Mississippi live a lot different than people in California and New York. And I know that a lot of people here think that the people in California and New York live wrongly. And those people think we live wrongly. And reasonable people, like you and I, Gary, don't think either one of them are wrong. We just see have different values and different things. Yes, 100%. And, and so one of the beautiful things about the way our country is, as big as it is, is if something's affecting one state, that doesn't mean it has to affect all of us. Yeah, agree. We can, we can move on with our lives and still understand there's this thing out there that we got to be cautious of. But for some reason, I, I don't pretend to know the sciences. It's just not hurting us. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I agree. Matt jumps I in. was very much worried about the South because we don't live on top of one another the way these other states do because we're so spread out, but it, it affects obese people. Mississippi is the most obese. We have yeah. the worst health care in the state, in, in, in the country. Like, like all of these things were the worst at that scare me to death about this thing. And it just really didn't hit hard here. No, it sure we were the last state to lock down. Well, it's, it's partly because, like you said, we don't live on top of each other. So yeah. if you're not around a whole lot of people, it's kind of hard to get it. I realistically know? think the six-foot rule is a big deal because I've gone most of my life, and I've spent most of that life as an extrovert around a lot of other people, and I don't know that aside from the people I'm with going to places, I don't know that anybody is closer than six feet around one another. I mean, unless you're going to concerts or, or ball games. Yeah, I when mean, you go to crowded event things, that's that's, that's really the only time you are. So. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Uh, McKinnon jumped in. Hey, fellas, McKinnon, good to have you back in. Of course, Matt said uh, Alabama was founded in 1831, and they claimed the 1829 and 1830 national championships. Uh, he said they do live wrong up there. They make salsa in New York City, and then he said that you can fight it with all the meth. So. Uh, <laughs> You always enjoy Matt bringing the uh, the humor into all of this. Uh, I am curious to see what they are going to do because I think by the middle of June you're going to have to come up with some some decisions. Uh, you to get the season started on time for anybody, you have to have players back training by July 15th. Uh, that is like a drop dead date, so you got to have that done. And and I think that you know by the middle of June we will see exactly what is happening. You know what direction we're going to go with this, and uh, and I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I, yes, it, not all chaos is entertaining, but I am just insanely interested in the way that the powers that be are going to decide to go with this because there. I don't think there will be any uniformity. I think it is just going to be every man for himself. Everybody's got to try and find a way to get these television contracts so that they can get paid. And, I mean, there's no telling. Uh, Matt... Of course, jumps in. He said, I wonder how many ACL and Achilles ruptures are going to happen this year. Probably a lot. Um, and then Michael jumped in. He said, it'll be interesting what Newsom does with the schools in California. Yeah, this uh, there's so many hypotheticals going around. It is just absolutely bananas. So we're, we're talking about hypotheticals for the future. Let's change that up. Let's talk about things that happened in the past. The Last Dance came on on Sunday night. We, uh, we did not have time for it yesterday. There were way too many topics going on. Last Dance uh, has gotten... I mean, we've got six episodes of just destroying Jerry Krause. And, and the poor man is dead. And I kind of feel bad about it. But I also look at it as 
this is absolutely hysterical because this is who Michael Jordan is. When he hates somebody, he hates them until the end of time. It is the way that this man is wired, and it's you've heard all the stories, but when you see him actually discussing it, it is a whole different level the, the way that he went after it, uh, Michael said, after watching and seeing Jordan against Isaiah, Clyde, Ewing, Bird, and Magic, really makes me miss the old NBA. Absolutely hate these super teams. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can understand that. Um, the new NBA was, was based on basically the dream team. Everybody on the dream team got along. They were all playing along for, uh, for the same reason. They never had to do that in the past. But, uh, but yeah, I, the bashing of Jerry Krause... Um, I, it, it gives you a deeper insight into exactly who Michael Jordan is. The My other problem side, with the bastion of Jerry Krause, and, and I think I'm on an island here because I, I, I tend to defend the guy more than most people. I don't care about – here's the problem. They mock him for for his physical feature. I mean, look, the guy can't, can't help that he was born and, and he was yeah. as short as he is and whatever. And, you know, yeah, he's an ugly dude. And it's easy to hate ugly dudes, and it's easy to make fun of ugly dudes. Yeah, it's low-hanging fruit. You're better than that. My my issue is this guy was a hell of a GM. I mean, oh, he yes. went out and he found Tony Kukos. Man, Scottie Pippen might hate his ass, but I'm going to tell you, Scottie Pippen would not be the Scottie Pippen we know. I will die on this firm if Jerry Krause didn't go find him. Oh, 100%. Go get him. Kukos because helped win the last three. Nobody else in the NBA was looking for him. Yes, Agreed. But, it, it again, that's another one of those deeper insights into exactly who Jordan is. He would find any kind of reason to get motivated to go whip your ass. Like, yeah. Tony Kukoc had never even spoken to Michael Jordan, had never done anything wrong to nope. him. All he was doing was playing for his own national but, team. But but Jerry liked him. But Jerry liked him. And so I'm going to hate him. And it flipped that switch. That's all it was. That's all it took. And guess what? Jordan doesn't have those last three rings at the end of his career without Kukoc. Without Kukos, Tony Kukoc. major player on that team. 100%. And, I, and I'm really glad they did a good job of showing Kukoc in that second game in the finals where the, the Dream Team still won, but he, he, didn't, he didn't play he like didn't some kid. Yeah. He, he went up against those guys, and they made it personal the first game. He made it personal the second game. And you got to think Jordan respected that then. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. I, I thought it was – look, this whole thing has been incredibly well done. I have been very impressed with just everything. And obviously, it is – it's an infomercial. It was – you know, everything that's in here was allowed by Jordan and by, you know, Nike and all of that. I mean, the fact that they didn't have Sonny Vaccaro in it kind of yep. irritated me. Obviously, I understand Nike doesn't like Well, it's like just him, wrong. It's but, just, yeah. it's not a documentary the way you look at normal documentary. Documentaries tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly. They tell you everything. Everything. And they cut. Now, that's not true anymore. We very much have documentaries that are politicized, political, or one sided. I mean, if you go on Netflix or Amazon right now, you can find a million documentaries that tell you meat is murder and the others that say meat is the cure for every health disease you got. And and those people can't be looking at the same sciences. They're telling you what they want you to hear and leaving out the things that you, they don't want you to hear. So that I guess that's not necessarily true. All documentaries they didn't used to be. They didn't used yeah. to be so one sided. But leaving Sonny Vaccaro out's a big deal. Sonny Vaccaro is the reason Nike is what they are today. He is the one that came up with the idea of a signature shoe. 
He is no. the one that went. He to invented Michael all Jordan. of this. There was Converse yeah. didn't have a signature shoe. They had the NBA contract. Yes. So they had they, everybody. They were, everybody wore their shoes. Not one person, and that doesn't help you. Uh, Michael said uh, it was weird to see Kobe being interviewed. Pretty cool to hear him talk about his relationship with Jordan. Uh, yeah. I mean, no, that, that, was, that was. I would tell you that that was the best part of this, knowing that that yeah. we're not going to get raw Kobe interviews ever again. That that was that was cool. That was about as as raw as it gets. And the, with what he said, like you, I don't get five titles. The Lakers don't get five titles without me learning from him right. and getting to see Jordan kind of take it to him in the in the All Star game was a lot of fun. I mean, the kid was a year and a half into the league, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. But at that point, a year and a half into the league, everybody in that Eastern Conference All-Star team in that locker room was talking about him a year and yes. a half in. like they, a, all knew, they all knew Kobe's name, and none of them wanted to say it. They were scared. They called him that little uh, that little Laker boy, which Laker was boy. hilarious. Right. Um, everybody just seems to forget about him, and, and they, the conversation nowadays, because I guess we're prisoners of the moment, is always Michael Jordan against LeBron. LeBron, yeah, and for and but well, Kobe, it, it's weird because we did have a, we were robbed of this. By the way, we were robbed of ever getting a real Kobe Lebron final. Yeah, no, absolutely. If 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 you want to point to the NBA, absolutely not like throwing games and writing a script. That's evidence number one, and then it's case closed from there. If they wanted to try to manufacture something, they would have manufactured prime Kobe, prime Lakers against prime LeBron. Did you get a chance to to listen to the uh, the Yahoo College Sports podcast today? Yeah. From, from last night. All right, so one of the things that they brought up, and it, it kind of started the wheels turning because uh, I, I went back and watched episode six last night, and they were discussing – Jordan's gambling habits and et cetera. Was it a problem? Was it not? Like, when you've got that much money, I don't really think it's a problem if you're losing, you know, $1 million, you know, $57,000, whatever it is. Uh, if you're only losing that and you're pulling in, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars a year. I don't know that he ever lost a million dollars. Like, he had to write that guy a check for $57,000. But that, that was the one, but then there was the other guy that said that, it, like, wrote a book about how Jordan owed him $1.2 million in golf games that or was, whatever. That was over, that was that was a tab. If that really yeah. happened, that was not in a weekend. No, 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 that, it wasn't in a weekend. I'm, that's I'm, a running tab. And that's what I'm saying is that I don't, I don't think it was ever really a problem. But the story that they brought up on that podcast with Dan Wetzel and Pete Thamel and all them was uh, the, the hockey player that, you know, Went out, lost, uh, or won a couple thousand dollars, whatever it was, from Jordan in a couple of golf games. And they played two 18-hole rounds in the same day, the day of their uh, uh, playoff game against the Cavs. Yeah. And drank, and drank all day. And drank all day. Drank Coors Lights all day long. All played day. 36 holes. And then drove to the arena and went, and, and at the end of it, you know, he the hockey player, who whatever his name was, told Jordan he was going to go take all the money that Jordan just gave him and go put it on the Cavs because you just played 36 holes and drank a bunch of beer. You ain't going to be worth nothing tonight. Yep. And Jordan said, we're going to beat them by 20, and I'm going to put up at least 35 or four, whatever yeah. it was. And, and, to, and told him he was going to bet on himself. So he said, you bet that against me, yeah. and then I'll take my money back. Now... If that story is the way that it is actually portrayed, which and 
the hockey player prefaced it by saying, I probably shouldn't be telling this story. If some of that stuff was found out in their investigations, could it be true? Like this whole conspiracy about Jordan leaving basketball for a couple of years, could it be because they told him, hey, retire for a couple of years, go do the baseball thing, go do whatever. Could it actually be what everybody has rumored for decades at this point that he was actually banned from the NBA for gambling on the NBA. It's man, it's really hard for me to me to think about that. He Bill Simmons is the most connected person to the NBA that I've ever read, followed, whatever. So that's why his following is so massive. Yeah. When, yeah, when I when I go to the NBA and I'm looking for a, a take on something like this, I go to him because nobody's more connected or put more thought into it than him. There are two damning things. Um, well, I guess really one real damning thing that hurts the Jordan's case on he wasn't really a suspended thing. He was asked, would he come back? And his response at some point in time was, if um, Stern will let me. Okay, so that's that. That's one blip yeah. on the whole radar that says – Maybe he really was. How do we explain that? Now, it could have just been Jordan, you know, dicking around because he did that a lot. Oh, yeah, he did. I, I'll tell you, outside of it, trying to explain that one blip, I don't think there's any way on earth. Here's the thing. I think him and Stern have the relationship that, that they had, which was unbelievable. Both of those guys kind of hated everybody they worked with all the time because they only cared about, the results, getting the best results. I think they pushed people so hard that they were nobody, nobody was able to be close to them. I think there's some respect there because of that. Yeah. I think they saw themselves as very similar. One guy did it in business and the other guy did it on the court, but they're the same dude. Oh yes. Stern, Stern was just a little tiny Jewish guy and didn't have the physical abilities Michael had. Um, but but he, but but he had thought, the same mental game. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they I think they treated people very much alike. Uh, the way the way Michael dicks with people and just just openly just screws with them constantly and like cuts them down totally. The best stern story I've ever heard in my life. Tony Kornheiser tells this story totally on his podcast once that he was out in New York with a couple of other guys from the NBA and they were going to meet David Stern for dinner. It had been raining. Tony has this umbrella with him walking. It gets there. They're all standing around. Everybody meets Stern. Stern talks to him. They're all kind of standing there, and it's a little quiet. Stern looks up at one of the guys that brought him and said, who brought Mary fucking Poppins? <laughs> and, and everybody just died, and Tony talks about how he just sunk, and he was just like, this little guy just roasted me, and now the rest of the evening – He's up here and I'm down here. Oh yeah, that is very much a when you watch this and that's a Jordan line. Oh that yes, is, that is exactly what Jordan would do. So I don't, I don't think they would. I think there's a conversation that took place. I think Stern knew everything Jordan ever did. I don't think he ever lied to him about any of this. And I think those two had a respect and appreciation for one another to where they were like, okay, we're gonna you you need to make sure this stays so in house so buttoned up and it's got to stop. And, uh, and, and I think there was, I think it was some Jordan didn't want to quit living the way he lived. And I think that's why he walked away. That's I really a, do. And I'm, yeah. you see, they do a good job in, in this 
this part of the show of of getting to Jordan show and how the media just made that life unbearable. Oh, it was we would all trade places with Jordan tomorrow. I know it was hard. I know it was stress. Every one of our broke asses would trade places with Jordan. But he was at a point where he was like, nobody in America would trade places with me. Yeah. And and while that's unrealistic for us, we absolutely would. But that pressure was that real. That that stress was that real. And what we do to celebrities and famous people and sports people is disgusting. It really is. Oh, yeah. We talk about this all the time. How we write enough about them till we love them. We build them up. And then when we can't say any more good things about them, we immediately start trying to find out how we can destroy them. And then if they stick around long enough, we'll build you back up again. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, remember for a long time, everybody hated Tom Brady. Yeah. And then it, he stuck around long enough with, with New England that everybody loved him again. Like yeah, when they, and now, when they now won, he's with Tampa Bay, and he could not be more likable oh, he's, to the rest of the nation. Yes. It, it, but just you got to stick team. around long enough to ride those waves, and it's just the waves of, of – I, I don't. I, I do get that. You know, there's some people get fatigue. I I understand oh, yeah. that. I've I have a weird relationship with my feelings about LeBron James. Okay, but I don't think they go like this. I think there are some things that he does that I respect and appreciate and I value and I high him at a great pedestal. I think there are other things that he does that I think are petty, childish, and really disagree with. Well, I mean, if you think about the uh, the Republicans buy sneakers two thing, um, you remember how much backlash looking back on it that Jordan got from just that one statement. Uh, it, you know, it, he he didn't want to make anything political. He was still building his brand. Like people look at it. Uh, let's see, Jim John said Tiger Woods is another one who had to learn how to ride that wave. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But with that whole, you have to ride the wave. I, I, I could I could address Tiger Woods situation right now. Why the hell do you and I or anybody who's buying a Buick care if he cheated on his wife? The guy nope. who makes the Buick commercials cheated on his wife, and so they got to quit hiring him to sell Buicks? This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Man, that is a personal situation between him and his wife. Did he beat her? No. Did he Did he hurt his kids? No. I don't care. Anything else? I don't yeah. care. He didn't hurt anybody. He fucked a lot of people. Okay. Is like, that wrong? Like, yeah, it, it might be. So, well, so I think the thing is, like, you – you, Polygamy life, and and they don't care. Well, yeah, but you it, here's the deal: the, they they were built up, their reputation was built up in such a way that they oh, were yeah, thought yes. to be one thing. So, I mean, oh. it is what it is. But the Jordan thing, I, part of me wonders because of you know Isaiah Thomas did get into the political field a little bit. Uh, he he backed certain people, and Jordan never did. And I think that's why Jordan didn't. I think that's part of it, and I think that that in turn. Seeing how that affected Michael Jordan and how much backlash he got from you know his own community over that, it makes me think that's why LeBron James became such a political advocate. Like that's that's you what I'm guessing. You paint yourself in a corner when you do that, and you can't Agreed. do enough. You can't. I guess you can. You just got to be honest at all times about how you feel about every situation, and not just draw a line and say, "Okay, I've chosen." I've chosen this team to cheer for, and so therefore everything they do I have to represent. That's the problem with doing what LeBron has done yes. is he's chosen a side, and I don't care who you are, you don't agree 100% with one side. Nobody does. We're not wired that way, okay? Yeah. It's just not possible. It's not realistic, all right? Um, so 
So that that that's my bothersome. The person that I kind of equate this to today, that's a mega celebrity superstar, not close to Jordan, not close to LeBron James, but the people that love him, worship him is Joe Rogan. And Rogan talks about politics and talks about the people that he likes and dislikes all the time. But that's an ever-changing thing as the waters change or the subject changes. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was very open about having an appreciation for burning. But, and so everybody assumed, oh, well, he's super liberal. Well, then he came out and said, I would, there's no one in the world I would vote for before, uh, that I would vote for Biden over the other person. I don't care who the other person is because I think, Biden is a now we're getting political, but this is this is Joe Rogan's words from his podcast. I don't. I think he is demented, and I think it's wrong what the political party is doing to push him because I don't think he's capable of doing the job mentally, and it, and that's just morally wrong. And so, therefore, I would vote for literally anyone else. Yeah, and it's one of those situations where if you're gonna if you're going to give your political opinions like LeBron does be more like Rogan in, and just say, I'm, I'm picking this person. I'm picking this person. I'm not picking this party. I'm picking this individual. Yes. And these are the things I like about them. Yeah. Better, better have a, a strong, you know, background, not background, but a strong like sense of what you are uh, representing. That's, yes. that's the biggest thing is, and, and I think like you and I have discussed this all the time. Like there is nothing wrong with changing your mind on a certain topic. I was a four team playoff guy forever and then yeah. I thought more about it. I got more information. I really sat down and did my homework and whatnot. And I have changed. I'm not just an 18 playoff guy. Now I'm a 16 team playoff. Like, if you, and that's just a minor thing. If like, you haven't changed your mind on many things in life in 10 years, if you can look back and 10 years ago, you believe the exact same that you believe right now, you are doing something wrong with your life. You have brought no new information in your world to where everything you had figured out to the letter and nothing new changed. I can't believe that. I just can't imagine yeah. we do that as people. I have changed so much and I'm going to continue to change because anytime new information comes into my brain, I have to process it. Yes. And it either makes my stance stronger or it changes it or it changes it. Yes. 100%. It, and that's it. it. That's just it. But you have to process new information. We, I don't appreciate now, I have no idea what it's like to grow up black, and I don't know what it's like to grow up underprivileged in that situation. I got no clue. But I have an appreciation for the fact that LeBron, or that, that Jordan said, look, and he, he says he made the joke, Republicans buy sneakers too, but really, in his words, he said, I just didn't want to be a political activist because I'm not the kind of person people need to be getting their political advice from. Rogan says that all the time, by the way, 100%. he gives his opinion and then says, I'm a guy that makes fart and dick jokes for a living. Please don't listen to me for your political advice. hundred percent. Make um, your own opinion. Yes. Make your own opinion, get informed. And, and there's, I think there's more power in that. If Jordan would have pushed that message more than just saying, I have no opinion, say, I'm not going to give you my opinion you need to figure this thing out for yourself and whichever side you fall on, push it, support it, believe in it and be a part of it. But, but, but don't listen don't, to me. Don't listen to me and do what I want to do politically because my political views are completely different than yours. Yeah. He, he still counts as one vote 
And that's yes. And, and I have a strong appreciation for the fact that he wasn't trying to sway things one way or the other. But at, at the same time, he couldn't even vote in North Carolina anyway because he lived in Chicago. So it, it, no, you don't know that. We don't know well, that he doesn't have a dual residency and which one can he vote in, which way not. I mean, uh, I mean you, you, gotta, you think he didn't have a house in North Carolina? No, nah, I mean, he, he probably owned his parents' house at that point. I mean, so, so you know, he yeah. probably could have voted in whatever district he wanted. Let me uh, let me catch up on these comments because they are flying in. Uh, Michael jumped in. I said, uh, I'm sure the gambling stuff has not changed. I wouldn't be shocked if players bet other players on games against each other. Uh, McKinnon, McKinnon said, hated Brady for the first eight years of his career, then respected him until I realized I was watching history before my eyes, and he's actually a good dude. He He's a city slicker to a T, but he's still a genuinely good dude. I think a lot of people feel like that. Uh, Michael then said, I'm sure they gamble on anything and everything in the NBA. Uh, the whole cancel culture uh, culture has ruined everything. Nobody wants to come out and be honest. That's 100% true. McKinnon said, Rogan is the freaking man on Facebook. On YouTube, Matt said, celebrities think we care about all their opinions. Uh, Hang on, Matt. Some some do. Some don't. We, as the collective universe, do. That's why they give their opinions, yeah. because millions of people believe them. It's also and why they get paid for marketing. Do what they do. Yeah. Um, Let's see, Michael said, you can't speak your mind unless you're in the FU position. Uh, ben said, who are you, Mike Leach? I don't know what that meant, but either way. <laughs> uh, that's I would love YouTube. to be more like Mike Leach. Hey, you got that right. Uh, I think it's paycheck. McKinnon said, if you aren't trying to learn to make yourself better every day, you're losing the race. And then Michael closed it out with, Jordan probably made a huge statement, and the media plucked out the Republicans buying sneakers part to make it a bigger story. Now, he, he said the Republicans buying sneakers uh, bit like as a, as a joke to his other teammates. And like, it was on the bus. Yeah, that was, yeah. he didn't even say that to a reporter. Somebody told a reporter he said that. And he said he, he did. Yeah, but he admitted it. But he's like, he I was just dick. It was just one of those things where he was dicking around. Yeah. No, 100%. There's no doubt gambling-wise, though, getting back to the gambling stuff. I, I assure you all of these guys bet on everything. 100%. Everything. Every night of the week in the NBA, somebody is buying somebody else dinner because of something that happened in the game. 100%. 100%. I agree with you. Uh, let's go ahead and move into our NFL discussion. Of course, today we are breaking down the AFC South draft recap in uh, our reaction to it, of course. We are going over the Titans, the Texans, the Colts, and the Jaguars. Uh, that will be the order that we break these things down in. So we'll go on and start off with the team that is closest to us regionally. That would be the Tennessee Titans based over in Nashville, uh, let's go ahead and and discuss exactly what's going on with them. The Titans, over under for the season right now. Regular season win total is eight and a half. Uh, they need offensive line help. They needed edge, uh, edge rusher help, and they needed cornerback help. And this is what they ended up doing in the draft. I'll go on and do all, let's see, they had six picks in this draft. Uh, two seventh-round picks. They didn't have a fourth, and they didn't have a sixth. So, they drafted tackle Isaiah Wilson in the first round. That seemed like a bit of a reach, uh, but the guy is massive. He's gargantuan. He played on a great line at Georgia. I mean, we'll see what happens, right? So, who knows? Uh, round two, they got cornerback Christian Fulton, and I think that was an insane value pick. They got him at number 61. Fulton was considered a he was borderline. He, when yeah. cornerbacks were being taken like crazy, he was kind of the one cornerback that was falling. Yeah, it was it was really. Surprising. I was screaming, "Why are safeties not going?" And this guy was a was a cornerback that probably could have gone earlier than he did, but just didn't. Yeah, same. He he and Tra, excuse me, Trevon Diggs, uh, both fell pretty yep. substantially. Um, 
and and both of them had to go up against all the wide receivers in the SEC West and just the SEC in general. Yep. And I mean, they played <laughs> they played some insane wide receivers throughout the season. So yeah, oh, they yeah. got they got burned a few times, but no, yeah. Well, and he had to, he had the misfortune. I mean, he had to cover CD also in the in the playoff game. Um, you know, this he is, covered T Higgs in the in the in the in the cha- in the uh, uh, national championship final. game. Yeah, yeah, national championship game. Well, this yeah, will so tell I mean, you. Pro Football Focus said Fulton was their twelfth ranked prospect on the draft board and easily the number two cornerback. He owns the highest PFF coverage grade in the country over the past two seasons. He produced the nation's highest forced incompletion rate, thirty point five percent. Uh, when he lined up on the outside, his ability to stick with his man, consistently force tight coverage, and win at the catch point is as good as anyone. He was in the SEC receiver's hip pockets constantly. He will be the same way in the NFL. This was one of the biggest steals of the entire draft. I, I mean, I, yes. I think him and Diggs are a lot alike in the sense of, I mean, you said it. They they have some tape that makes them look bad. And while you could put a highlight reel up there that looks unbelievable, you could – you could find where they went up against CD and Judy and in and, and Diggs case Chase and these other guys and and find some plays where they got caught. Oh yeah. And it's just it's just one of those situations where, you know, when you go up against that caliber talent so often, you're gonna get you know, caught sometimes. Teams are teams are going to um, you know, let you fall. Yeah. And and that's just the way it, this is one of those situations where Bill Belichick would say, Don't tell me what the kid can't do. I'm what he can do, and and I think I think the Titans were looking at that. Yeah. So, um, so they got a steal in Fulton. Then they had a bit of a reach uh, when they went into round three. You got running back Darrington Evans out of Appalachian State. Obviously, I'm a big Evans guy. I loved App State last year. I, I've loved everything Evans has done there under Satterfield and under uh, Drinkwitz. It, he, he was outstanding. Um, but still, you know, early third round or late third, whatever, pick number 93, um, yeah. he, this was a bit of a reach for a running back at that point. And that's, you know, okay, I get it. Um, along with that round number five, they got edge rusher Laurel Murchison out of NC State. Okay. Like he was part of that massive defensive line that, uh, that, that propelled NC State to a nine win season just two years ago. Uh, he stuck around while everybody else went on to the NFL the year before and didn't have a great year last year, but you get him around five. I mean, you know, the, you know the guy's pretty good. And then around seven, you got your flyers. You got quarterback Cole McDonald out of Hawaii, which I love. The guy's got a I massive really love arm. This pick. Uh, I really love this pick. I think this guy's got an electric arm. I oh, think yeah. he can play. I think he can play. He he's got he's got a little Jameis in him. A little I'm Jameis. okay with that. Because he is a young guy. He doesn't have to start immediately. Yeah, he ain't he's scared to throw. Leader. He's not gonna be the leader in that locker room. So those are those are two. Really important factors. Oh, 100%. And then uh, the last pick, they got cornerback Chris Jackson out of Marshall. Uh, I couldn't tell you the first thing about yeah, it. Yeah, I was just I was just about to say, uh, this is this is one of those picks where I... Like okay, maybe, they, maybe it's I'm fine. sure they did their homework. We did not. Yeah, so. 100%. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, pro football focus doesn't even have anything on him. Like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> that's no, he's, I was know. about to say, no, he, he's not anywhere in their information either. He so. was he was the 12th to last pick in the draft. So, I mean, it, the, the biggest one there, Cole McDonald, they got in the seventh round, uh, could end up being the backup quarterback, possibly. I mean, he's got a massive arm. Uh, this is what Pro Football Focus said. Tennessee needed a backup quarterback. Titans got one of the biggest arms in the entire draft in Cole McDonald. Uh, he brings to the table elite athleticism for the position and decent accuracy. McDonald had nine completions of 40 or more yards in 2019, which led all FBS quarterbacks. 
And this dude didn't even play every game. Like, that's, that's crazy. I was about to say he got hurt early, remember? Yeah. No, he got benched. Uh, yeah, no, he got benched. Uh, it, like, in the game, middle of several games. Watched. Yeah. Uh, the big issue with McDonald was his ugly decision-making and Jameis-esque style of play. He ranked 18th in big-time throw rate and had the 12th worst turnover-worthy play rate at the same time. I... Now, so I will tell you, as much as I criticize, see, I get blanketed for for crushing Jameis for these things. They weren't coached by the same people. No. His head coach is maybe the ultimate gambler I've ever seen. My, just, I, if there is Nick a Rolovich that for anybody finds, that doesn't know. Let her rip, tater chip, it was Rolovich, okay? 100%, which he is and now when, taking when, over for Leach when at you Washington have a State. coach that's telling you, hey, man, let, let, let's go. Let let's fit that ball in there and let's see if we could do this thing. He, I I almost give the kid a little bit of a pass on some of those. Now some of those games when you got three or four of them in one game, all right. At some point in time, you got to rail it back in. But, yeah, and that that's why the freshman got to come in and play a little bit. But that's right, that's right. But yeah, otherwise, like I, the guy's got a massive arm. I mean, he can he can sling it, um, but he he can also sling it to the wrong team. I mean, he takes a lot of risks. And and in the NFL, that's boomer bust, man. That. Who knows? But they got time to develop him. They got Tannehill to a massive contract. Uh, you can bring this guy in and and possibly turn him into your backup. And we'll the Tannehill deal is only a two year deal, though. Wait, say what? The Tannehill deal is only a two year deal, isn't it? No, 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 no. It's a, it was like a hundred and thirty some odd million dollars. Like it yeah, was, but I don't was, think I, I think I think only the first two years are guaranteed, man. Uh, maybe okay, so maybe the first two years were guaranteed, but it was like sixty something million guaranteed. Uh, I don't for care the first about two. that stuff. And then Hang after that, you. it's not guaranteed. So either way. Let's uh let's move on from there. Next up, we got the Houston Texans. Eight wins is their over under. Their needs were defensive line, offensive line, and edge rusher help. And you know, I never know what to think about the Houston Texans. Uh, I didn't understand a bunch of the trades. Uh, they only had five picks in the draft because they traded a bunch of draft picks away. Uh, let's go ahead and roll through what they what they actually did. They had. One in the second, one in the third, two in the fourth, and one in the fifth. So, you know, no chance for late flyers, anything like that. They got uh, defensive lineman Ross Blacklock out of TCU. That was a, a pretty good value pick. Uh, a lot of people had him a borderline first-rounder as well. Uh, they took him at 40th. They had edge rusher Jonathan Grenard out of Florida. Now, that was a pretty good value pick in the third round. Um, I, he is He is talented enough that he could take over what you lost when when they ended up trading away uh, uh, good grit. What, what's the, went to, what's the guy's name? Good gracious. The defense, the edge rusher. Uh, Clowney? South Carolina. Clowney. God bless. <laughs> I kept wanting to say Kinlaw, and I knew that wasn't I'm it. I'm trying to figure out where we're going here. <laughs> Sorry. He Sorry. could take over for Clowney. Like, they, they didn't have anybody in Clowney's role last year that, that was able to do anything. Uh, Grenard could absolutely do that. Uh, uh, it'll take a little okay. time. He, right. he, he ain't okay. the same athlete. I understand. He ain't the same guy. I was just about guy. to say, he's going he's gonna to play the spot because nobody else is there. Right, right? but he, I, I think he's he gonna could be He's going to play successful. it because it's open, right? Nobody's yeah. standing on third, so if you go play third, yeah, you just took A-Rod's place, but that's not really how this works. The next three I know very little about. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't like, I didn't like this draft. I tried really hard to not just beat up Bill O'Brien because it's low-hanging fruit. Yeah. It, it's, it's easy to do. But he just doesn't give you anything to work with sometimes, man. Yeah. No, you look I mean, at these he, trades and you don't understand them. Then you look at the draft picks and you don't understand those. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, 
My, Michael said they should let J.J. White go play for a winner. Uh, it's it's not ah, that the Texans the Texans have been winning. You won't find a JJ Watt apologist over here. Yeah, I, we I don't feel sorry for that guy. No, nah, I'm I'm all good Listen, on that. One of the greatest human beings in the world. Hang on, I gotta I gotta do this preface. Yes, he does a lot <laughs> for society. The world is a better place with JJ in it than with me in it. All right, if one of us had to leave to make the world a better place, I should be the one to leave. With that being said, eh, screw that guy. <laughs> He has never made that team great at all. He has sucked up so much cap money, and he he has never made a big play at a big moment in the game ever. They've been in a lot of playoff games, and that guy hadn't showed up. Now you're you're 100 right about that. When he leaves the game, they don't move the point spread a point, not a half point. Nope, sure don't. Uh, Michael said, "I don't feel sorry for him. I want him in Denver." <laughs> No, you don't. No, you don't. You got better dudes in Denver than you got him. dudes. Trust I me. I promise. Chubb and Vaughn are light years better than him right now. Let's uh, let's finish up the draft for uh, for the Texans here. Round four, they got offensive tackle Charlie Heck out of North Carolina. They got cornerback John Reed out of Penn State, and then in round five, they got wide receiver Isaiah Coulter out of Rhode Island. Uh, ultimate, you know, let's see what we got because obviously the competition is not going to tell you a whole lot about him. Um, I, I did see some good things about. Uh, Coulter, though, I mean, I, you know, that, that, but I've only seen because I haven't actually gotten to watch him. I mean, I didn't watch a single Rhode Island game last year. Who the hell did? So the, the one pick that really stood out to me that I just didn't like was was the John Reed pick. I, look, I hadn't followed John Reed's career. I don't know even. I know this. I watched a lot of Penn State football this year just for some of the big games that I got to catch. And they were getting dusted a lot. And I'm yeah. not talking about dusted by NFL guys now. I'm talking about all those receivers at Minnesota were just wide open every time we turned around. And, and you know, Michigan had a bad first quarter. And then after that, that offense opened up and kind of scored it. It's just one of those things where it was just, this isn't Ohio State made you look bad. These are two offenses that aren't really great made you look bad. Let me, let me tell you what Pro Football Focus said about John Reed. Okay. Uh, he was their. Maybe one they of, disagree with me. They they most certainly do. They were, okay. He was their 100th ranked player, and the Texans got him at the 141st overall pick. Said Reed had one of the top athletic profiles of any uh, defensive back in the class, and was an ideal fit for a zone heavy team. So it makes this pick an interesting one. That said, Reed played under 100 snaps in man coverage this past season and flashed incredible skills on those limited reps by allowing only six catches on 18 target with six plays made on the ball. Okay. So we got some weird stats here, weird verbiage there. First, player profile is not something I'm ever going to look at. I watch the guys play, all right? That's basically measurables. He he fits the place based on his speed, his size, his abilities. Right. Okay. That's that's combine, all right? right. That right. I've never watched or paid attention to or really cared about. So I could be very wrong on all of those things. The – he played a hundred snaps when he played man to man, but he's go, but he's the perfect fit for a zone. Oh, it's just all right. I'm, okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I don't like you said a bunch of things that made it sound like he was great, and there's no question they know him better than I know him. All right, I've just watched him play football, and I didn't watch every game. All right, but I watched the Michigan game. I watched the Ohio State game. I watched. You know, I, I watched the the Minnesota game. Like I watched the big games, and that and defensive backfield didn't look great. I can I can understand it. I can understand it. 
and that's not elite ta- Ohio State elite talent, but really not at the receiver position, not this year. No. And the other two, absolutely not. Now you're you're right about that. That's not the best talent in the country throwing the football. That's not Oklahoma football. Uh, no, 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 no. Alabama, not those LSU, right now. Clemson. That, that, that's not those offenses. You get beat by those offenses, you look bad. That's fine. Everybody kind of forgives you. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You are right. Just an opinion. Just an opinion. We'll see. I could be wrong. The Indianapolis Colts come up next here. Eight and a half is their win total for next year. So per Vegas. Uh, it will be between the Colts and the Titans as to who will win this division next year. Both of them are set at eight and a half wins. Uh, I think, obviously, Phillip Rivers changes a lot of things. Obviously, it's only one season, and they've still got Jacoby Brissett. And and he will learn under Phillip Rivers a little more and, and maybe become a better quarterback, but we'll see. Uh, but they needed wide receiver help, edge rusher help, and defensive line help. So, let's see exactly what they ended up doing. They did not have a first-round pick, but they did have two early in the second round. They had a third, a fourth, a fifth, and then four sixth-round picks. So, let's break this thing down. Wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC with their first second-round pick, and then they got running back Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin with their second second second-round pick. Uh, Michael already jumps in. He said, Colts best draft in the division. Now, We'll, we'll give you our opinions here momentarily. Uh, Joseph Gomez jumped in on YouTube. Also depends on how they want to use a player because sometimes that is limiting the player as well. That's talking about John Reed with John the Texans. Reed. So I'm, I'm sure. Like I said, I, I can't tell you that I did a deep dive on John Reed. I, I just watched Penn State play a couple big games, and I didn't think their secondary looked good at all. I couldn't really tell you which one of those guys was John Reed. Other dudes, I just thought as a whole, they didn't look great. And, yeah, it could have been that they weren't used right. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? So, we got the second-round picks. They got safety Julian Blackman out of Utah. Obviously, you know my affinity for Utah players. Their defense was pretty lights out last year. Uh, They did not show up great against Oregon, but I I don't think that really had a whole lot to do with the uh, the passing game. The secondary wasn't the breakdown there. They uh, they just got their butts whipped all up and down the field on basically every position. So... Uh, round four, they drafted quarterback Jacob Eason out of Washington. Everybody knows Eason. Played at Georgia. Left Georgia when Jake Fromm won the job. You know, went to Washington. Uh, this was his only season there. Had to sit out the year before. Big arm. Not a great decision maker. Um, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll see. They, they've got a year to be able to develop him into the guy if they don't want to pay Phillip Rivers after this season. So we'll uh, we'll see. Joseph Gomez again on YouTube. Colts week schedule last year. You just don't plug and play a quarterback, even if it is Rivers. Give me the under. Colts aren't world beaters. I will see. I think this is a really good organization. But again, let's keep rolling here. Round five, they got uh, interior offensive lineman Danny Piner out of Ball State. This is a big dude, by the way. Uh, I I like the pick, even if it is in the fifth round. And then in the sixth round, they had four different picks, and they took flyers on all sorts of dudes. Defensive lineman Robert Windsor out of Penn State. They got cornerback Isaiah Rogers out of UMass. They got wide receiver Desmond Patman out of Washington State. And then they got linebacker Jordan Glasgow out of Michigan. Now, they had three straight picks. 211, 212, 213. And they just they took dudes that they think can be pretty good. Um, Isaiah Rogers at UMass. Cornerback. Look, I will say this. He is guilty by association because UMass had the worst defense in an all of Division One football last season. They were putrid, like beyond putrid. Um, 
But, I mean, he may have the measurables. He may be all right. We'll see what happens. Washington State, Desmond Patman, uh, obviously, he's a wide receiver. He had a, a ton of opportunities last year under Mike Leach's offense. The air raid, the way it goes, yeah, 100%. So, and then linebacker Jordan Glasgow at Michigan, uh, yeah, ben, ben jumps in and said, UMass gave up 53 points a game. And uh, let's see, Michael Fritz said, Julian Blackman was a great pick, good cornerback before sliding to safety. Uh, yeah, that's Utah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, and then McKinnon, loved the second round for him. Great value for both those players in the Colts system. Pittman isn't a burner, but runs great routes and has great catching skills and size. Taylor may have a bit of worn tread on his tires because of the number of carries at Wisconsin, but if he takes care of himself, he'll be a stud for him. I, I was a fan of what the Colts did in the draft. Like, they... They kind of do things the the Seattle way, the uh, the New England way. Like these are not guys that everybody is going to love all the time, but they are guys that fit what they are wanting to do. They are not, you know, loud. Look at me, whatever guys. I I was a fan of this draft. Um, go go ahead and give me your your thoughts here. I liked it. I thought I like I liked what they did, especially that second round. I mean, I taking an offense that I already really like a lot and Frank Wright and, and, and what they do there. I think Philip Rivers is a massive step forward. Um, never really gotten his dues uh, with the chargers um, and, and just kind of ran into some weird situations there, but um, loading up on that offense, big offensive line, Jonathan Taylor is going to be a beast in that backfield. Uh, and, 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 and that's going to be fun to watch. And even, even if he has tread on his tires, as McKinnon was saying, no, I'm not worried about trailing his tires his rookie year, his no, third year. Like he's yeah, his, going his, his to be set, fine. When, he, when they get to his second contract, yeah, you don't want him. You don't want him then. That's fine. That's in four years from now. But his first two, three years, he'll be just fine. Yeah. I agree. He'll be great. He'll be great. He'll be okay. That offensive line is built to pound the rock, and that's going to happen. Phil Rivers knows how to run an offense. Pittman's a good receiver. Blackman, I like the pick. You know how I feel about safeties. I don't think you can have a tough defense until you have a tough man at safety. Um, and yeah. and uh, and they got Blackman's, that. Blackman's good. Yeah, and I like the Eason pick because I trust Frank Wright to develop him. I think that you know maybe by next year, the year after, at least Frank will have an idea: is this our guy going forward, or is this guy just going to be a backup? Everybody else down. Couldn't tell you a whole hell of a lot about. <laughs> they they were all flyers from the fifth round. I mean, down. yeah, yeah. Uh, the the rest of the lot of them. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an opinion. So top three like a lot. If I've got to sling it with a quarterback and take one, I I don't hate it. And you you're a situation where rather Phillips there this year and gone, or if he you know re ups next year and just keeps signing these one year prove it deals and you keep giving him twenty million dollars, it's fine. Then uh you know. The, you know, whatever you'll figure it out with Eason, um, but the the top three pick make me like it. I am biased because I trust this organization. Also, talked about somebody brought up the schedule that weak ass schedule from last year, and they're gonna drop down this year. Let me tell you who they got. I had to pull that schedule. That's what I was looking for. They get <laughs> if we play a normal full schedule, they get the Browns as a uh, the W. Trust me, they get the Bears. As, as long as Mitchell Trubisky is there or Nick Foles there, that's, that's gonna a be a W. Yeah. They get the Lions. They get the Texans twice. I say split with them, which I think they can sweep them. I like Watson a lot, but that's all me liking Watson a lot. 
Let's say they split with the Jags, even though I think they can sweep the Jags. I also think they will split with the Titans because the Titans have never swept them. I don't know that the Titans have beaten them very much in our lifetime. No. They're probably going to get beat by the Ravens. They can beat the Bengals. Packers, I'll give you Packer fans one. Let's say they lose that one. Vikings, I got no idea I'll give the Vikings that. They got the Jets. We're at nine wins right there. So, or eight wins right there. Then that's if they don't sweep the Jags. They, they, you know, they get the Raiders. They get the Steelers. We don't know what those teams are going to look like yet. I'm telling you, eight and a half is probably a good number. This schedule this year ain't a whole a hell of a lot worse than last year's. No, you're you're 100% right. I it's, cannot it's wait just, for the schedule. It's just not. It's, I, I think this team is good, and uh, and I think last year they didn't have very many skill players at all. T.Y. was very up and down health-wise. Couldn't keep anybody healthy on the, at the running back position, which is why they went out and got one. Um, it's why they went out and got a receiver. I, I think they're going to be poised to make a playoff run. Yeah, I think, I think you're probably right. I, this is, you know, possibly River's last stand. Uh, he's going to go out. I also don't believe the it. Titans can repeat what they did last year. I don't think yeah. Tannehill season is replicable. I well, don't on, think on top can. of that, they they you know they got rid of Jarrell Casey. Now they could still get Jadavian Clowney, but we'll see. Um, I want know, they, them to sign Clowney, and they lost I, Logan I, Ryan. I don't know that they lost, matters though. At the end of the day, I don't believe in Tannehill. Yeah, but they, they won with defense and, and running the football last year. They did not win with Tannehill. Like that wasn't you can't you can't that's not sustainable for two seasons. That's in what row. I'm saying is they lost a ton of experience on the defensive side of the football. Well, the team that's going to go backwards is them. I think the Colts take a step forward. The Jags are rebuilding. The Texans, I got no fucking clue what they're doing. <laughs> All I want is Watsons and a Patriots jersey. Is that too much to ask? I don't think it's too much to ask. I mean, I know it's a lot. I know, I know, it's, I know. I just asked my daddy for a car for Christmas, but I really want it. Oh my God! Uh, ben said, uh, uh, "Oh, Michael said I hate Rivers, but I have to respect the guy. He's the guy you hate playing, but love when he's on your team." You're really Obviously, glad he's out of the division, don't you? Yeah, he's out of the division, so it, he's happy with it. So <laughs> I don't, I don't think the Broncos have to play uh, the Colts this year. Nope, so I think they're not fine. on that schedule. Playoff, uh, that'd be it. And then Ben on YouTube said Tannehill had frauds as coaches in Miami. Uh, yeah, 100%. That, that might be. If you go back and look at the stats for Tannehill last year, man, they, it is in the fun. regular season. It was really good. It is, but it's fluky. It's, it's fluky. all fluky stuff. It's it 100% not, is. You just can't replicate it, man. History yeah. says nobody's been able to do that two years in a row. And it's they, all fluky. God, they paid him so much money. Oh, yeah, Jesus. so basically I went back and looked at that deal. Hang on, I got that deal pulled up. Okay. So it's it's basically two and a half years guaranteed. That third year, if he's half decent and they wanted to trade him, it's almost no dead cap money. So they could move him that third year, but half the contract is guaranteed that third year. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, all right. It's all front-loaded, by the way. The first year is 37-5, okay? That, that's, that is over half of his guaranteed money he gets in year one. That's so it basically lot. is. Yeah, it's a two-year deal. Yeah, that's man. not two and a half years. That is a two-year deal. That's a, yeah, a two-year deal. That works. It's a, it's a two-year deal where all the front money is loaded, front-loaded money. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. The Jacksonville Jaguars are the last team from the AFC South that we're going to hit today. And they got a lot of picks. 
Good gracious. Their win total is set at five. Their starting quarterback, now that Nick Foles is gone, it looks like it's going to be Gardner Minshew unless they decide to bring in one of these free agents. Uh, I, I mean, the only one left really is Cam. That's it. I mean, Only we'll the lonely. We'll see. But if, if they bring in Cam, uh, or if they don't bring in Cam, it lets me know they are not interested in winning this season. So... You know, we'll see. I think I think they're only interested in winning this season if they realize Minshew is their Drew Lock. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could see that. Uh, by the way, Michael said if we're uh, if we're all getting a wish, referring to you wishing that uh, that Deshaun was on uh, the Patriots, he said if we're all getting a wish, I'll take J Lo at my place. I, you I'm with J Lo. Deshaun at the Patriots. I think I'm going to get more out of mine than you're going to get more out of yours. Maybe so. It, well, it depends on how long he gets J-Lo at his place. I mean, this is all a dream, right? So, whatever. Uh, 15 minutes. <laughs> give me another 10 years. I'll take it. Uh, hey, Michael said... You know, uh, the best advice I've ever been given. I don't know if you checked in a couple years ago, a couple weeks ago. We'll give it to you again. Best advice I've ever been given. She ain't the only one that's got one of them things. Hey, you got that right. <laughs> they all got one of them things. That was That was last week. I remember that. Uh, the Jags took my guy Chenault from Colorado. Uh, hurt me when they picked him. He'll be a waste down there. Come on now. I don't know. Come on, they're building this team. Yeah, they're here. Let's let's roll through them all. Okay, I'm I'm just gonna like normally I like to stop and talk about them, but here's what we're gonna do. I'm just gonna break them all. I'm, I'm, I'm they got a doing lot of damn picks. They got a, a lot. lot we can't them. go through all these guys. They got a lot of damn. Oh, picks. it's a, I, I can roll through all of them here. Here we go. We'll roll them, but round one. They had two picks. Cornerback C.J. Henderson at nine, and number 20, edge rusher Clavon Chasen out of LSU. Round two, they got wide receiver LaVisca Chenault out of Colorado. You know that's my guy. I'm all about him. Uh, round three, they got defensive lineman Devon Hamilton out of Ohio State. Round four, they had two picks. They had offensive tackle Ben Bartsch out of St. John's. That's D2, by the way. And then round four, they got cornerback Josiah Scott out of Michigan State. Oh, sorry, they had three in round four. Uh, linebacker Shaq Quarterman out of Miami, Florida. Now, obviously, Miami's defense really good last year, but uh, offense was. And Michigan State's defense more. always good. Always good. Yeah, you got that. No, right. I, listen, I like, I like this draft. I don't yeah. know how long it'll be before these guys actually make a difference on that team. I mean, I think they're all they're all projects, pretty much. I re- and they outside of the one kid from D two, they everybody came from a big boy school. You got that right. Uh, they at round, least played good competition. They didn't take somebody who wasn't tested. Now, you got that right. Uh, round five, they had two picks. Safety Daniel Thomas out of Auburn and wide receiver Colin Johnson out of Texas. Both, like both those picks. Both pretty good picks. And then like round six. Round six, they had two draft picks in round six. Quarterback Jake Luton, Luton out of Oregon State, who everybody in the free world kind of thought that the uh, Patriots were going to take. And, <laughs> and then, of course... Uh, <laughs> the Jags end up getting him. Uh, he's tall. Uh, Ben L on YouTube said Jake Luton is tall. The, yeah, Jake Luton is tall. It, it's I heard this guy's name. I don't remember ever watching him play. Gary swears I watched him play a game with you him. You did um, last year. I don't. I don't remember that. You and I if, sat in Hollywood game, Casino and watched Oklahoma that State. Guy was so not in Oregon memorable. State. I didn't remember him being in that game. They scored so many points. You just didn't know his name yet. But as soon but as soon as they said the Patriots liked him, I said, let me guess. He's he's tall. He's gonna be like six five, six six or bigger. Yep. He's going to not just be like a junior coming out that was like some elite guy. He's gonna be like a red shirt fifth year senior. Okay. 
something of that. He, he'd been a captain for five years. He's been on the team. He's old. He graduated. I bet he graduated with honors. Like all of these attributes, <laughs> because I know Bill Belichick. Yeah. And literally, we looked it up and just check mark, check mark, check mark. Oh yeah, all the way down the list. He fit them all. This, this is Bill Belichick's perfect quarterback, by the way. Oh yeah, this and, is him. And instead, uh, Doug Marone has got him down in Jacksonville, and I'm <laughs> that's fine with me. They got two more picks left. Tight end Tyler Davis out of Georgia Tech. Who knows? And then cornerback Chris Claybrooks in the seventh round out of Memphis. Uh, Boy. Yeah. Claybrooks. I got no idea if he can play cornerback in the NFL. I I don't know if he can play in the NFL. I know he could play at Memphis. He was pretty good at Memphis. Uh, well, he's I, an athlete. I mean, so I watched every game. I mean, this is what you do in the seventh round. You just take yeah. you just take Sparks guys. You got uh, that right. Oh, yeah, you run a really good three cone and you you're explosive. You got a long jump and and, and a vertical. Yeah, 100%. we'll just give you a shot. Uh, the kid from Oregon State, by the way, the quarterback, six foot seven, with a Ooh, tremendous great. arm and has shown sharp decision making. He may not offer any mobility or anything outside How old the is pocket. He? How but, old is he? Thirty two. Uh, well, basically, I mean, he was. Uh, I think he was a fifth round senior, or fifth uh, uh, fifth year senior. Uh, he said he can be a quality backup to Gardner Minshew. Um, and so let's let's go through some of the comments right quick. We got uh, we got two more. McKinnon on Facebook said, "Are we running with Minshew mania?" I do feel like he got thrown into a hailstorm last year and did relatively okay, way better than any analyst had him doing in the NFL before last season. But look, he right. was a sixth-round pick, and Nick Foles got hurt in the first game. He he you did know? substantially better than anybody would have guessed or projected. If he played for the Steelers last year, the Steelers not only make the playoffs but could make a run. That's the difference between how good he is compared to the slums that they were putting out there. 100%. And then Michael, that doesn't mean he can start in the NFL and be a star, but he's at least going to have a shot. Uh, you got that right. I, he will be in the league for a while. I would guarantee that. Well, yeah, he'll be a backup. No, if, if he can't start, every team will want him as a backup. Every team. Michael on Twitch said, how long before they're leaving Jacksonville and filling everyone else's roster? <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to kill him. He's trying to kill him. I like this draft. I thought it was good. Yeah. I like this draft. They, they, I, I think they win the draft for this division I, in volume, in quality, and they, they draft it yeah. the way I like, which is they, if you, if you got late round picks, you don't know what you're doing. Just take athletes, man. Just take a dude that's big and strong and fast, and and we'll figure this thing out. Maybe he can play, maybe he can't, but at least I swung. Um, I love the early picks all the way down. The only kid I, I can't tell you, I know anything about the St. John's kid. But but all the way till you get to 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 the sixth round, all their first, one through fifth round picks, I I like a yeah, lot. Yeah, big fan. I, I mean, like all guys that have been tested against good competition. Lavisca Chenault, I mean, obviously second round. You take a flyer on him. He was first round talent. Oh, just only had the medical because issues. of injury was he second round. Yeah, Clavon uh, Chason uh, out of LSU, obviously. Yeah, I mean they they got him at number twenty. He probably could have gone earlier than that. C.J. Henderson, hundred percent all in on that. Devon Hamilton. Uh, defensive lineman out of Ohio State, like he showed out last year. Like, yeah, these these this is a good draft. Like, this is a good draft. This is a good team. They really are a team that you know probably needs to look at some skill players at some point in time outside of Chenault. But yeah, you know me. I, well, I mean, don't, Colin Johnson. I, you know, I would get skill players very last. Running backs and receivers are the last thing I care about. So you know. I mean, they still got Leonard Fournette. I mean, are they going to? I mean, are they going to trade him? They're trying to trade him, but nobody wants him. I mean, that's they're that's not going to pick up his fifth year option. So after this year, he's you know he's done. 
I, they're I probably know. they're gonna let him walk. They're not gonna pay him. Uh, Michael said, Hi, "I respect the uh, hell out of Minshew, though. How can you not bull for that guy? I mean, one look, he's insanely entertaining. The guy's got a, an incredible mustache. He's wearing the headband, like, and he's just likable. Like yes. in an interview that you see with him. I mean, my goodness, his interview on uh, on part of my take after like week three or whatever it was. I mean, it fantastic. The guy's unreal. Uh, he's he's incredibly personable, and you gotta like that in a guy." Um, if he's going to be your team leader, like you, you need that. You need that 100%. So, who, uh, who won the AFC South draft and who lost it? I'm going to go with the Jaguars won it. I think they did pretty good. They, they looked like a well-run organization for at least one night. We, we, we agree here. Now, listen, they could be a well-run organization now. They fired all those other guys, all right? Yeah. I mean, you're right. I, I mean, this, we'll is not, this is not the same old dudes picking these. And here's the problem, okay? They, in the past have drafted well, no problem, okay? Yeah. Drafting's not a problem. It is keeping the guys in there. And and realistically, I'm about to about to sit on a guy I respect, but Tom Coughlin ruined this team. Oh, yeah. Okay? He came in there as a general manager and tried to treat them like he was the head coach. And the whole, if you're not five minutes early, you're late, and finding guys, and you just can't do that to people. Not, okay? not, not in today's I mean, NFL. And then you can't get free agents to come there because the, I mean, they have more because of Tom Coughlin, they have more disputes with the NFLPA than any team. If you added all the other teams combined, they, they had obscene amounts of disputes because of that, which is one of the reasons Coughlin is gone. You just can't do that anymore in the NFL. You can't. Uh, You sure can't. Michael said, uh, I really did like the Jags draft, just didn't have faith in the franchise. And I think that speaks for everybody. Uh, but, who who lost? The franchise is only who makes them up. I don't think they have yeah. an owner that's making decisions or doing crazy things. So it's, they could be, an, I don't, I couldn't tell you anything about who's running this team now, okay? Oh, yeah. I know this. I always liked Doug Marone a lot. I thought he got a bad rap when he first got there. He didn't want to re-up with the Bills when they had an ownership change. He had an out clause. He walked away from an NFL coaching job. I understand that. I I respect that. I think he's a better coach than what he's been given. I don't think he's had any talent at all. Now, has he he picked some of that talent? I don't know. I don't know. Was he a decision maker ever there? So, yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Michael, uh, I think he probably agrees with, with both of us. I'd say Colts, Jags, and close second, Titans, and who knows what the hell's going on in Houston. I think the Texans probably lost this draft. They didn't have a ton of picks, and I don't really like what they did with the majority of them. Um, and then, and like I said, I kind of was trying to make myself pick somebody other than them because I just feel like at some point in time it's piling on, but I'm not trying to make friends. I'm not trying to – I'm telling you my honest yeah. opinion. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Now, now if it works out, there's a reason you get paid a lot of money to do what you do, and I get paid very little money to do what I do. But I don't, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't think – I just don't like building a team that way. I will tell you this. The way Jacksonville's building this team, listen, there was a day and a time where this team was not ready to make a run, and they were drafting running backs in the first round, i.e. Yep. Leonard Fournette, my boy. Like, you know, that's not, that's not what you do. That's what losing teams do. Joseph they Gomez go on YouTube. Flashy toys when the team is not ready for flashy toys. Joseph Gomez on YouTube said, uh, "I thought the son of the billionaire that bought the Jaguars is now taking over." Uh, I, no, 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 no. He's not guy, the GM. That guy, that guy's not taking over. That guy is a moron and going to get his dad in trouble. But he's, he's fighting with players on 
Twitter is what he's doing. Yeah, but um, he is he is absolutely not taking over. Michael said the real question in Jacksonville: Who has a better stash, Con or Minshew? Uh, I think they're both. Well, now Con's stash is is old, a mature man. Like, like yes, yes, yeah. that's right. That is that is this is the difference between Burt Reynolds, all right, and and hipster stash. While I love Minshew and I respect Minshew and I love the stash. It's very much just a hipster stash. You got that right. All right, uh, so we, we both think the Texans lost the draft. Um, yeah. And then we both think the Jags won. Yep. We uh we have run an hour and 15 minutes. Is there wow. anything else that we need to hit today? No, sir. Let's go home. Wonderful. Let's uh let's do that. I got to get out of here and get the boys. So uh, we appreciate all you guys for jumping in. Obviously, we appreciate the guys that jumped in the chat. You guys have driven the conversation day after day after day. We can't thank you enough for doing that. Share the show out. Tell your buddies about it. We would definitely appreciate that. Make sure you are subscribed on whatever your favorite platform is, whether it's podcast or video. Uh, and, yeah, as always, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and we will see you again tomorrow. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.